Oh, there it is. I found it. That's what that's what the problem is. No problem. All right. Sorry, listeners. Technical issues over here. So I was explaining to Mike that uh, for long and un- uninteresting reasons, I was having a problem with my mic hardware, not the mic itself, but the, um, what do you call this? The preamp? Oh, um, me. The audio interface. You can call it, because they have preamps in them, so right. you would call it an audio interface. There you go. So I was having a problem with my old audio interface. Duh. My Yep. Yeah, and uh, so I've switched to a new one, and now I cannot hear myself in my headphones, which is not in impossible thing to get over but it's unnerving. what is that it's it's the start of one of the collision course tracks from lincoln park and is jay-z it? right it's something about like turning up in my headphones oh yeah, yeah 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 you're right you're right i completely forgot a great about album that. it is a great album i actually really like lincoln park and that makes me probably without taste according to most people but i think they're great. no that's not true oh well that's good that's not true lincoln park are great oh well go team yeah uh, uh you know what uh you know what else is great these days we're doing an ad already? What's well, no. Happening? Well, what, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the Apple event that hasn't happened as we're recording this. Oh, yeah. So just a quick programming note. I mean, this 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 was an episode that was going to have programming notes whenever it was recorded. <laughs> uh, and the programming note for this week is that we are recording on the day of the Apple Silicon One More Thing event. So we're not going to be talking about any of that. But I don't really think we would have anyway. So Probably not. Just because there's so many other things that we are more likely to want to talk about that that one seems like it was just not going to happen here. Right. So we decided to go for it. You know what else is great these days? I don't think I do. (laughs) (laughs) Are we doing another ad now? No, we're not. Not yet. Uh, We're talking about the thing that wasn't great and now is maybe great, but maybe not so great. Nobody really America? knows. America? Is it great again? Oh, God. Don't do that, Mike. Too soon. Too soon. You you led me like, like uh, what is it? Like a horse to, to water. water. <laughs> you just kept saying it, right? It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's you're great. Right, you're right. Uh, yeah. For the first time in, maybe not literally, but what feels like the first time in four years, I was able to make one USA, USA tweet without feeling like a piece of trash. Um, yeah, I already feel like a piece of trash at the thought of doing it again, but here we are. Yeah, you're not out of the woods yet, buddy. No, not even close. So we are recording on the morning, my morning, your afternoon of uh, Tuesday, the 10th of November. As we sit here today, uh, this past Saturday, most major news outlets have have declared that they expect and believe that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will be the next president and vice president of the United States, um, which selfishly I think is phenomenally good news, and we're hopefully, maybe, possibly, going to avoid getting too deeply political, famous last words, but... No, that's a lie. Okay. All right, we're going to get pretty political in a minute, but um, I'm very excited about this. Uh, When we were talking about when to record this episode, we were, strictly speaking, going to record on... A week ago, on election day. Yeah, on the the 3rd, on election day, and I think that might have been okay, but needless to say, I was pretty stressed, and I bet you were pretty stressed, so... Yeah, I mean, it just was a bad idea, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we spoke about it last time, but because we recorded on election day 2016... Yeah. And we're very confident, like in the episode talking, I'm sure we, I believe we actually spoke about the fact that we thought Hillary was going to win because there's no way Trump would win. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and honestly, like I am happy we didn't record last Tuesday because my prevailing thought for how the election was going to go is not how it went. Yep. And I've adjusted my own uh, forecasting just like Nate Silver. So I, <laughs> I, my expectation was that there was no way Trump could win because of COVID, right? It's right. just like that COVID would do it. And now my 
uh, personal forecast is that COVID actually didn't make a difference, meaningful difference, because the typical Trump voter uh, already doesn't care about COVID and thinks it's going away. Sure. And so they wouldn't have moved. And I expect some people will have moved over from red to blue because of it. But I also expect that would have been an amount of people move from blue to red. Um, people who were worried that the American economy would be shut down under a Biden presidency. Mm -hmm. So I think that what I figured would be the, the the prevailing reason is was not the case. I still actually stand by, so I have like a bigger picture thought on that, which I'm going to stand by and I'll share on the show right now, which is my belief is that any election that is occurring around this kind of time will flip. The governments will flip hmm. uh, because people are upset. I'm frustrated in, in a lot of places and, and I'm keen to see if or how that, that ends up shaking out. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily going to have the effect on the UK because we don't have an election for like three more years, which is kind of funny really because you, you may remember this, but the conservative government called an election halfway through the election cycle, uh, yes. so mm -hmm. two years into the four, mm -hmm. so, because their election would have been, or our election would have been next year so the conservative government they are very lucky that they called that election early because they needed to they wanted to try and get a majority so they could push brexit through because you know i i can't imagine that they would uh either they would have kept their majority if they would have not lost uh, an election so you know they're doing pretty they got they got a couple more years in the tank now which might be enough time removed from my prevailing theory mm, of governments mm -hmm. changing over during COVID. But nevertheless, we're not talking about my government today. <laughs> um, it was a real terrible few days. It was. You know, and I'd like to briefly talk about that because everyone in the States, and I'm sure you heard the same thing overseas, everyone said, look, those who are going to vote for Trump are overwhelmingly going to do it on Election Day. For various yeah. reasons, that that was the prevailing theory, and it seemed logical to me. And mm -hmm. I understood that. Like, mentally, I understood that. And they said that anyone, who, not literally anyone, but many people who are voting for Biden will have done so in advance, will have done so via absentee ballots, absentee in person, where, you know, you're going beforehand and voting. It's like a registrar's office or something like that. Everyone said there's going to be a huge landslide for Trump the day of. And then over the following hours or days, we will see that things are going to take a turn. And mentally, I understood that. I accepted that. I believed that. And then Tuesday happened <laughs> and everything went out the window because I'm watching this election and I'm watching you know, the results come in as in, in my evening time, which is like your overnight or whatever. And, mm. and I'm getting more and more depressed and more and more upset. And some of those feelings, I think were unwarranted because I just wouldn't accept what I knew to be true, which is that there will be more ballots, you know, cast for, votes cast for Biden. They just haven't been counted yet for some reasonable reasons, for some unreasonable reasons. And I should have, I should have stayed strong, but I was getting really upset. And Tuesday I was really upset. Wednesday I was pretty much a disaster. And then I think it was Thursday that I started to realize, no, 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 this thing that my brain believed, but my heart didn't, it's really happening. Things are really starting to take a turn. And I started to feel a heck of a lot better. And today, on, on Tuesday, you know, a week after, I have a lot of things I'm worried about 
I have a lot of things that I'm still upset about, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But mostly, I feel like I, the relatively, you know, in the grand scheme of things, well-to-do white person that really doesn't have to deal with anything difficult, I feel a heck of a lot better knowing the administration that we're going to get, well, hopefully, <laughs> in January. Um, I can't imagine what this feels like for a person of color, for a person who isn't cisgendered, um, you know, a person who who is, I, I was going to say unusual, but I don't mean that, uh, but a person who is not the stereotypical norm. How amazing mu must this moment feel for someone who actually has skin in the game in a way that I don't think I do. Mm. I I don't remember exactly my thought process over the few days, but I don't remember feeling like my faith was shaken in the fact that Biden was going to win. I think the things that were disappointing or upsetting for me was that it wasn't going to be as as big a win as I would have expected. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I knew that it was going to take a long time. And, and that was the thing that was the harshest, was just seeing how many days it was going to take and then also how many delays were being added into the process. Yep. Um, yep. You know, everything else is by and large... I mean, honestly, Trump's reaction is less than what i expected Agreed. i know that 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 what he is doing right now is is troubling and it's concerning to all the people like trying to undermine democracy uh but i i thought that he would he would kick up more of a fuss than he has as of the time we are recording right now and even though there are still some snaky people who are trying to cast doubt on the American election process. Uh, it seems that overall, your system of democracy is holding up. Now, what happens to the people that follow him and believe in him, how they're going to react and, and stuff, is that's yet to be seen. Um, I think that my, my personal feeling is that it, it will dwindle in many over time. Mm -hmm. uh, especially when Twitter deletes its account on the 22nd of January. Yeah, I hope so, but I don't believe it. I mean, a lot of the things that he is currently saying and the things that he says, they are suspension-worthy. Mm -hmm. Like, Twitter just got rid of what's-his-face the other day, right? Uh, I don't know who uh, you're talking about. The guy who used to be... Is it Bannon? Oh, Steve Bannon. Yeah. Oh, I thought that happened a while ago. Was it just recently? No, that, well, I think it was again, <laughs> but oh. he's gone now, I think. <laughs> uh, and so I can imagine, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't imagine that Trump will be in, well, in Twitter and, and on Facebook for, for very long after he is out of the office, just because out of office, the ultimate out of office. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. The thing, um, that really I'm still struggling with is reconciling how many Americans voted for Trump in the current administration. And mm. it's very hard. It's very hard for me to look around at what's been going on for in the last four years in my country. It's hard for me to look around, and, and maybe we talked about this last time, apologies if I'm repeating myself, but it's hard for me to look around and, and see that things are okay. It's hard for me to look around and feel like, yeah, 
this has been great. I'd like more of this, please. And I, I'm looking at this, and it's as obvious to me as the sky is blue that Trump was a terrible president, possibly the worst president, in a way that when I would say these things about like George W. Bush and be like, oh, this guy's the worst. He's, he's an idiot, and he's terrible. Like, yeah, he was an idiot, and he was terrible, but not like Trump. <laughs> not like Trump. That's why I said the whole time is like, typical bad leaders, they are bad because they do bad political things. Mm -hmm. Trump, the stuff that he has done is like outside of normal politics, yep. right? Like, or at least whatever the politics of the time are, you know? Yep. It's so true. And so I look around and I look at people, you know, some of whom are in my family, some of whom are friends. And I look at them saying, oh, yeah, I mean, how could we have Biden? Biden will do this and he'll do that and he'll do this and he'll do that. And whether or not those things are true and whether or not they're good, I look at today and I think to myself, are you serious? Are, you're serious right now. You, you want, gesturing wildly, you want this? You want more of this bullcrap? This is what you're signing up for? You're looking at the last four years and saying, hell yeah. Double down on that. I'm in. Like, no. I'm looking at the sky. The sky is blue, and you're telling me it's red. What do you mean? The sky? No, the sky's not red. It's not purple. It's not orange. It's not yellow. It's blue. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. It's blue. How can you be telling me that it's anything else? And I'm looking at these people the same way. Like, mm. it is so clear to me that the Trump and all of the morons that he surrounded himself with those who share his last name and those that don't, all of these morons were terrible for our country. Terrible. Like, it, it's, it's indescribable to me to think any other way. Like, I could make a, a, an argument in favor of George W. Bush. I wouldn't, but I could. But I look at Trump, and short of being racist, I got nothing. Like, hey, if you're racist, then yeah, he's your man. But other than that, I mean, I guess, I guess if you're a relatively well-to-do white person, maybe, I guess. But any other way, in any other way, he and all of, the, all of his cronies and all of the monsters that work with him were terrible for our country. And it's, it's extremely depressing to know that not too, not too much fewer than half of the people that voted in this election wanted more. Like, I don't, I don't understand how you get there. And I, and I, and I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Mike, but I, it feels to me like you must have felt and still feel looking at Brexit. Like, no, that's not helpful. This is not what we want. But then in it's your different. case, and it's not, it, no, it's not the same. It is not the same. I, I, please don't, not you, not anyone, please don't make, <laughs> make, make, make it sound like I'm, or make, make me, make you think that I'm making a direct analogy between the two, but it's just, I, it, it seemed, I don't understand how so many people can get this so wrong. And then, and the real bad part, the real ugly part, is that then I sit, sit back and I think, well, if all these other people think this is so great, am I the idiot? Am I the one that's missing the boat? And I'm pretty sure I'm not, but I wonder, like, am I the one that's wrong? And I, I, can't, I can't believe it, but sometimes I wonder, and that's a really depressing feeling too. It's super weird, right? Because it's like, well... You know, like looking at the votes, it's not too far off 50-50. So there are many 
as many people on the other side of your opinion saying the same thing about you. Isn't that interesting? Right, right. And so, again, like, who's to say that they're the ones that are wrong and I'm the one that's right? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm right, but well, our, am our, I? Our, our mentality, our values, which definitely seem like the right values, would suggest that, yes, you were right. I think, I hope, I mean... I feel like to your to build on what you're saying that my values are that everyone is created equal and that people should be treated equally and that you know just because I'm a relatively well-to-do white guy doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else and I feel mm-hmm. like that the policies that I support you know mm-hmm. w- would would bear fruit to the to the, to those opinions right like you know I think that black lives matter I think that we should really reevaluate the way we treat firearms in our country, the way we treat police in our country. And so I feel like these are all just and right things. You know, there's gray here, but I think by and large, they're the right opinions. And that's how I, that's how I'm able to sleep at night. That's how I'm able to look in the mirror. But sometimes I wonder if I'm allowing myself to get gaslit by these, you know, 70 or whatever million people that are voting the other way. Like how, how can that, how can you look at the sky and say, no, it's red. How can you do that? I don't understand. John Oliver was good. I recommend people go and watch the most recent oh, I haven't seen it. John Oliver. Mm-hmm. Because he, you know, like I'm not going to do as good a job as he, but, you know, he was saying something along the lines of like, there are so many people that say, uh, you know, like, can't believe this is our country where half the people would want it to be this way. And he's like, well, if you actually look back in America's history, this is America. Yeah. Yeah. Like the history of the country has shown its division on these types of grounds. And yeah. I I I just thought it was like a very interesting thing. Um and it, it's kind of this funny feeling really like that I think is a uniquely American thing is that there are these two sides that have wildly different views but they both believe that those views are the American way. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right? Yep. That's, he didn't say that part exactly. That was my little thought there. But that, you know, and, and I think that that's the, the uniquely weird thing about your country. Mm. But, I mean, we can sit here all day and uh, and talk about that and, you know, wring our hands over it. But ultimately... Ultimately, it's not the important thing right now. Like, the important thing, the reason for the season is that there's a new president now. Like, that's the whole point of this, right? Because this is just how it's going to be now. And now that you have a new president, and then hopefully uh, sometime next year, you'll be able to get control of the Senate, um, that things can start to change again. I mean, well, things can start to change no matter what, right? Like... Yep, absolutely. Biden can and is going to undo a lot of stuff. Um, he's going to push forward science, you know, and, and and stuff like that. So, like, there's going to be a, a level of right in the ship. And then you've got four years to prove to everyone that voted for him this time that it was worth it. And then to bring along some people who were a little bit more in the middle or who misunderstood what they were voting for. Yep. With Trump. And then you go for it again. And then you just hope that you can keep it going for a while. Yep. And and you're exactly right. And, you know, something that's occurred to me 
is I'm looking at uh, the Biden-Harris like transition plan. And, and well, let's start with A, they have a plan. Like that's a welcome change from four years ago when famously Trump had like no idea he was going to win. And when Obama's team would tr- would wait to meet with Trump representatives, no one would show up because they didn't have anyone to show up. And so like the fact that there's a plan, that's pretty awesome to begin with. But then you look at the plan and, you know, the very first I tweeted about this, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes, but like the very first bullet on on the plan with regard to COVID-19 was listen to science. Mike, do you have any idea how refreshing it is to see listen to science on a presidential release? That is so refreshing. To have a plan is so refreshing. For Biden to say, we are rejoining the Paris Climate Accords immediately is so refreshing. Like, there is so much work to be done to undo and preferably prevent Trump. But golly, it is so nice to just have a human being that's a human being and not a monster from de- down under, and I don't mean Australia. Um, you know, it's it's so nice when I heard their their speech. You know, it, that was shoot. I think it was Saturday, maybe Sunday night. Yeah, I, that's the talk about. I want to talk about that in a minute. The speech. All right, so we'll come back to that. But but suffice to say, it's it's so refreshing to see a human being and one that cares about other human beings. And you know, the thing of it is. I said this privately a fair bit before the election, and now that it's hopefully, knock on wood, in the rear view, I I feel okay saying it publicly. Like, I don't particularly love Biden. Like, there's a lot of troubling stuff in his past. There's a lot, and Harris as well, there's a lot that I'm not in love with. And to some degree, it's a little bit of lesser of two evils, but... Seeing how the two of them and their team have already started to put the wheels in motion to do what I consider to be the right thing is so welcome and so refreshing. And that makes me even more enthusiastic about the next four years, Um, which is funny because I'm still a little bit depressed about what's happened. And I'd like to talk about that, but maybe we should do a sponsor first. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. They'll let you easily create a website for your next idea or project. They'll let you register a unique domain name, take advantage of award-winning templates, and so much more. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace has all the tools. And the great thing is that these tools are very easy for you to use. You don't have to install anything, patch anything. You don't have to upgrade anything. It's all available right there in the web browser, in the Squarespace app, for you to be able to take advantage of the full power of Squarespace's system to create the website you want to make. If you want to make a blog, a portfolio, so easy. Oh, how about an online store? That sounds tricky, right? Not with Squarespace. Really easy to do. And they have tons of wonderful integrations to make that whole system swing physical digital goods doesn't matter squarespace can handle it and if you need any help you've got any questions you want something to be set up they have an award-winning 24 7 customer support team they are standing by to help you out with anything that you need squarespace will let you quickly and easily grab that unique domain name as well so you can brand your website exactly how you want you can go try it out for yourself right now with no credit card required just by going to squarespace.com slash 
Analog. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but if you use the code Analog at checkout, you'll get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show at squarespace.com slash analog and use the code Analog to get 10% of your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM, Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. So if you'll permit me, I'd like to be sad for just another moment, and then I think I'd like to be happy for hopefully the rest of the episode. But uh, something that occurred to me, I think it was either a Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, as I'm looking at all of these, you know, Republican votes come in, these votes for Trump come in, and it occurred to me that I think deep down, I had always considered the 2016 election as an oops. It was a national oops. It was, in some ways, an international oops. It was just an oops. And even though I, I don't believe that, you know, that there was nefarious things done by Republicans outside of what they always do with gerrymandering and whatnot, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm not completely convinced that there was Russian meddling other, you know, in, in, in a direct sense. Certainly they were meddling in an indirect sense. But I think subconsciously, I always just justified it away as an oops. Like there's no way, like, there's no way America's that screwed up, right? No, of course not. And I would talk to some friends of mine, uh, some Americans, some not, who would say, no, 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 you don't understand. Like this is the way America always has been, but, but you just haven't seen it before. Maybe it's because I'm an idiot. Maybe it's because I'm white. Maybe it's because I'm a guy. But for whatever reason or reasons, I'd never seen it before. And I intellectually, you know, just like before, intellectually, I understood that. Yeah, you know, you're right. This is how we've always been. You know, we were built on the on the backs of slaves. You know, and we we didn't give we didn't give black people the right to vote for years. We didn't give women the right to vote for years. Like, yes, this is how we've always been, and that sucks. But you know, it's how we've always been. But I think deep down, my heart was just like, no, come on. Nah, it was just a fluke. It was an oops. It's no big deal. Mm. And then I'm seeing this election happen, this 2020 election happen. And I'm seeing all of these people who are voting again for Trump. And I, and I know we just talked about this, but what occurred to me in the, in the, the epiphany that I had, the apostrophe that I had, uh, that's a reference, is um, this isn't a dot anymore. This is a line. It's not an, it's not a one-time oops. It's not a one-time oops where it's just a point in space where you can say, eh, happens. Now we're establishing, and, well, and again, I know we've long since established, but, but now we're establishing that this is a trend. This is, this is the thing that it's not just a one-time oops. Yeah. It looks like my guy is one in the end, but only barely only just. And I was hoping for this just avalanche of blue votes of this avalanche of support for biden and for harris i mean like historically though like in modern times has there been an election win that has been avalanche like i thought that one or both of the obama wins were but to be honest with you i don't follow this stuff closely enough and i very very well may be lying to you accidentally but I thought that that one of the Obama wins was pretty big. And I think in, in maybe not in my memory or in the time that I've been voting, but in like my parents' time, I think at least one of them was big, although I couldn't cite it off the top of my head. Uh, Matt in the chat is saying that 2008 was, was pretty big. Again, I, I might be wrong about that. Obama beat McCain by like 9.5 million votes. Okay. I mean, that's pretty big. 
It's not as big as I'd like, but it's pretty big. Although McCain wasn't a monster. Because, like, you know, like, like people quote the Electoral College in there, but that's kind of pointless. Yeah. yeah because yeah. we're talking about half the country, right? Right. So what we mean is the comparative vote count. Like, right. That's the important thing. I mean, and if that's the standout one and it was only 10 million difference, I don't think it shows that anything's really changed, which is kind of the point that I wanted to make, which is like, I understand why you're feeling the way that you are, but you know, like this, as I said before, this is the, the country that you are. It doesn't mean that things can't change. If things got worse, right? You feel like you feel like things got better under to under Obama and then got worse under Trump. There's nothing to say that they won't can just get better again. Yeah, right? hopefully. I sure hope so. But yeah, that was the one thing that really made me sad and still to some degree makes me sad. And a lot of people are starting to say, no, no, no. If you look at the numbers, like this is a bigger this is closer to a landslide than people like me think it is, but it's still, it bums me out that the people I don't know look at the sky and say, no, you idiot. It's not blue. It's red. And it deeply bums me out that the people I know, and in many cases love, not a lot of them, but some of them are looking at the sky and saying, no, it's not blue. It's red. And that is something that Aaron and I have spoken a lot about and that's, I'm not sure how I'm going to handle it going forward because I'm not actively looking to jettison people that I otherwise deeply care for from my life. And some of mm -hmm. them I can't because they're family, but I'm having, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming ever harder for me to shrug off what I consider to be utterly reprehensible and despicable and disgusting political views as, Oh, well, that's just the way they think about politics. No big deal. And I'm really struggling continuing to have that opinion. And again, to a large degree, that's a position of privilege that I can say that, that I can, that I can even think about shrugging off politics. Um, but it's still, it's something I'm wrestling with and it's very tough, but um, I'd like to talk about something happy uh, if I could please. And I'd like to talk about the, uh, the, I don't know what's the opposite of conciliatory speech, like their win speech, the speech that- It was a uh, success. It was like the victory speech. The victory there, that's what I was looking for. Thank you, the victory speech. Um, and I, I, was it Saturday night? Was it Sunday night? I don't remember when it was. I think was. it was, uh, who knows? Man. It doesn't matter. So one, one night over the weekend, you know, they had this event in uh, Delaware where Biden is from, and they had this thing where they did their victory speech. And I, I don't, need to belabor it. And in fact, I've been talking a lot, so I'll give you a chance here, but suffice it to say, and the chat room is saying Saturday. Thank you, chat room. Uh, suffice it to say it was impossibly, impossibly refreshing. And, and it was such a weight off my shoulders. Again, as someone who really doesn't have a lot of skin in the game, it was such a weight off my shoulders to see two human beings well, let's start with acting like human beings, but caring about anything other than themselves, anything, yeah, yeah. anything in the world other than themselves, like, for example, the rest of the country and the whole country, not just the blue parts of the country, the whole country. It was so refreshing and so amazing. And at the end of it, I looked over at Aaron and I said to her, you know, the thing that stressed me out most about those speeches was after the fact when like the drones were doing all their stuff and, and, and all the families had come on stage, 
Joe didn't put a mask on as quick as I'd like. That was the thing that stressed me out about those speeches. Yeah. How <laughs> amazing a feeling is that, Mike, that that's the thing yeah. that I'm upset about. But I don't know. Did, did you watch? And it sounds like you watched some, if not all of it. No, I watched it. I watched it live. What did you think? Well, I mean, the, the, the thing that was the most interesting feeling that I had after it was like, oh, it's been a really long time since I have been able to listen to the American president. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Because I was, you know, I, I used to really enjoy watching Obama speak. Mm -hmm. Right. I used to really enjoy his speeches. And I would sometimes seek them out if I heard that they were good because you could find inspiration in them, which I think is something that you should find yep. uh, from leaders. I'm not a big fan of uh, a lot of the things in the government of my country. And as ridiculous as Boris Johnson can be, he can actually have moments that are interesting to watch, like some of the speeches that he's given during COVID, like the addresses to the nation, I have found them to be, you know, like clear and concise. Like, for example, an interesting example of this yesterday, as we were recording this, when there were these uh, results about this um, vaccine mm -hmm. for coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And paraphrasing it quite a lot, I mean, because he's, you know, he's still Boris Johnson, so he still says ridiculous stuff, but like, he, he gave an address to the nation where he was like, this is good news, but we have a lot to like of, of things that have to happen before we can even consider giving this to people. Right. There's a lot of work to be done. And just because... Um, all right, so Kate's... I knew, I knew this was going to happen. I was waiting for it to happen. Kate's criticizing me in the chat room for saying that the, the, the lockdown to announcement wasn't clear or concise. My point is not that the government was giving clear and concise messaging, but my point is when you listened, I found I feel that when you listened to the things that he was saying, in those moments, they were like, okay, I can follow this. The problem that I think we have had afterwards is the government will say one thing and then there's a million yeah buts, yeah buts. That's the <laughs> issue we've had. I think what I'm talking about is like in a vacuum, personally, I have found the addresses that Johnson has done to be understandable. You can make your own uh, judgment on that, but I'm talking about myself, right? But going back to the point that I was making, uh, he said something which is, again, it's very Boris Johnson-y, but I, did, I will admit that I liked it, where he was like, if you imagine the scientists are coming over the hill and you can hear their bugle, so you know... This is, I'm paraphrasing this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. This is, so you know that they're on the way, but they're still very far away. Mm -hmm. And he says, that's where we are right now. And I liked that, right? Because it was like the bugle is like the, the, the warning shot, right? Like the, the, for us to know that like, yes, we've, we're coming, we've got something, but it's far, it's in the distance. And I just say, so, you know, stuff like that, I appreciate because I think, a concern is that people get overexcited and they assume, like, they read headlines that talk about the effectiveness of these vaccines and they're like, great. Like, even in my own family, somebody texted me yesterday and was like, oh, hopefully this will be over soon. It's like, nah, man, <laughs> no, that's not the case, right? But, like, this is a piece of good news. So what I'm saying is even a bad 
what I consider is ultimately a bad government over its tenure, like mine, can still have moments where you're like, all right, like that was good. Uh, I can listen to you. I understand what you're saying. There is some inspiration in this. You know, like I, I did find some inspiration in, in some of the things that Boris Johnson was saying during the first lockdown of like the resolve of the British people and that kind of stuff, right? Like it was like, yeah, like, you know, we can do this. And it had an almost like we're at war kind of tone to it, which I couldn't help but feel like, yeah, we're all in this together kind <laughs> of thing. My point is that like, I don't like my prime minister, but I can still listen to some of your speeches and take something from them. I don't think that happened for most people yeah. uh, on what I consider my side of the world, right? Like my side of thinking, people like you, right? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. I would be a Democrat, right? Like if I was in America. I don't think that happened for the opposing side during Trump's presidency. No. Right? Like I, I think that that was a thing that was non-existent. So like the point that I'm trying to make in all of this is going back to this thing that I've said the whole time of like that I believe that our leadership here is bad politics, right? But it's still politics. And I think what you've had is something else. To go back to all of this to say that like I found it to be very inspiring and comforting to feel like the most powerful person in America has sanity mm -hmm. and like that, that that cooler heads can prevail here and that like that it just that it feels like i can look to the american president again for inspiration mm -hmm. like there was something that i wanted to tweet but i don't really very much about anything these days which was to say that like the feeling that I had reminded me why I am an Americanophile. Americophile? <laughs> I was looking this up. There actually isn't a word, but people have made a word, and it's Americophile. Like we have Anglophile sure, or Francophile. Sure. These are real words. Maybe you can take from this what you want, but there is no real word for fan of America, um, which I find kind of funny. Uh, but Americophile was the one that I found, and, and it reminded me why. Because when you're growing up and outside of America, you look to America as like this greater place because that's what media has shown us as we grow up. Right. And I think that there has been, it has not been that way. And, and I wouldn't say that I felt that it wasn't that way when Bush was president. Right. Yep. It was just like, he's not, he's doing some stuff that's not great. But it doesn't mean America's bad. Right, right. But I think for a lot of people in the world, America didn't feel so good anymore over the last four years. And I think that for people outside, like that's why there's celebrations across the globe, because this this like beacon out there to the West is shining a little bit more brightly again for us yep. as a leader in the free world, right? And so, you know, it's it feels good. Uh, I really enjoy, I haven't actually seen many, I haven't watched any Biden speeches. I've seen clips, right? But I've never actually watched an entire speech of his, and, and I found it good, I found it inspiring. I liked that he, 
or like his his campaign team felt that it was important enough to very specifically call to different groups. You mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. I saw something, uh, I saw a clip on CNN about this afterwards that like uh, this is one of, if not the first time, that the disabled community has been actively called out in a presidential speech. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like that felt very good. Right. I loved that he ran to the podium. <laughs> yeah. Right. It yep, felt yep, yep. a little bit like Mr. Dictator Strong. Right. Right. right like right, right. he is full of vim and vigor. Uh, but nevertheless, I liked it because I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't have made that run and been out of breath. Right. Right. Um, so I appreciated that. Like I thought that it was a, a good thing to show because, like, look, we can't forget. He is the oldest president in history, right? So, like, it is it is useful for us to remember a lot of the time that he is healthy. Like, you want to see that. Uh, and so that I thought that that was a good call. And plus, I'm sure the man, is, there was nobody full of more adrenaline uh, yeah. than Joe Biden mm-hmm. in that moment. So I'm sure it was easy for him. But, like, you know, I liked that he specifically, very aggressively, um, like thank the the African American and the black the black community I should say mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. for helping him out. Um, I liked that he referenced uh the LGBTQ communities. Like it was, it just felt like nice. It did, right? It did. It very it's just much like did. this feels nice. I like this. So yeah, I also hadn't seen uh Kamala Harris speak either, and I equally enjoyed that, and I found it very emotional. Um, mm-hmm. to see her just being on that stage, right? Like to have been the the most pa- she is the most powerful quote unquote woman in American history. Mm-hmm. That's quite a thing. It is quite a thing indeed. Yep. Right. Yep. Like that. You know, and that is like, yeah, right. Like that. That is a moment which, in many ways, like I was saying this to Adina during. Like leading up in the last couple of days before Saturday, you know, and it's like there was so much focus on everything. And it's like, I feel like it's worth remembering that it's not just great if Biden becomes president because Trump goes away. Like history gets made again, which mm-hmm. is, you know, for me, why Obama was so special. It's why I bought a newspaper the next day and kept it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Because in 2008, that felt to me like this is big history here now, right? And so, like, getting to see that again is it's all very special, right? Yeah, it, it's really it's refreshing. I know I've said it 17 times, so I'll say it again. It's just so refreshing. And I mean, history has its eyes on them, but uh, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll see. I couldn't resist. Yeah, you came to Hamilton too late, man. No one's making Hamilton jokes. Well, anymore. I'm living in my own little fantasy world where, yeah, I know you are. where it's before Trump was elected and everything's still good. And there's and yeah, we could actually see people. Um, anyways, uh, we should actually talk about seeing people. But before we do that, let's uh, talk about something that puts a smile on my face. Have we wrapped this up? I think so. I mean, I, I, well, knowing me, I'll come back to it in two seconds. But uh, I feel like there's not much more to say, and we just have to uh, just have to wait and see. Wait and see what Trump does. Wait and see if he, you know, goes quietly into the night or launches all of our nuclear weapons on everyone on the planet. I would like to make a prediction. Please do. The next 
what is it, like 60 days or whatever, it's not going to be great. But, and like, there's going to be a lot of upsetting things. But I, I just imagine it will be handled. I sure hope so. And I think so. I really think that, I think that he will go into the night. I was going to say quietly, but I think he'll go noisily. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But ultimately, I don't think he has an option here. I don't think so either. And the thing that really gave me confidence that this is probably going to work out okay, which is sick and disgusting in so many ways, but we'll let it go for now. Um, The thing that really gave me confidence that this is going to be okay is now Fox News seems to be done with his BS and is now actually calling out when the administration does the same crap they've been doing for four years. But now that they don't have to kowtow to him anymore, now it seems like they're standing up to him. And if Fox News is standing up to him, then I think it'll be okay. But yes, you're Mm -hmm. right. It's going to be noisy and it's going to be bumpy, but I think it'll be okay. And that's the first time I've said that in four years. Yeah. And I hope that there isn't harm caused to people. That's my hope, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what realistically he can even do right now. Um, You know, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough on it. It's... But my hope is that he can't do much and that anything he does can be undone soon, right? That's my that's my hope. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully. But my you know, my bigger point is that like you're not gonna have two presidents. Yeah. Is how I feel. Yep, that's true. And uh I am not looking forward to, but I am expecting to be extremely depressed when Biden ends up pardoning him. And uh, we can argue about that. Like normal political stuff, we can argue about that in 2021. You think that that's going to happen? I do. I absolutely Why? Because the Democrats are too not, they're, they're too against rocking the boat. And I think they'll look at um, Nixon as an example and say, no, 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 the country has to heal. The country has to heal. And this is the way we do it. And I, I, will, I will be stupefied. I will be dumbfounded. If Biden doesn't pardon him, I'm hopeful that he doesn't, but I don't, I, I think he's going to get a pardon, mm. which would, which would make me extremely upset. And like, uh, I've, so I've talked to some people both in real life and on Twitter who are like, Oh God, here we go. Now, you know, the president is a Democrat, so he can do no wrong and blah, blah. Oh no. Oh no. There are a lot of things I expect to get really angry about that Biden does. But the good news is, and this is what you were saying earlier, Mike, the good news is that's political stuff. Like, I don't think that there's going to be anything that Biden does in the next four years that's going to make me upset as a human. I think what it's going to make me upset as is an American and in a political perspective. Does that make sense? Whereas, like, almost everything Trump did Mm. as a human being, I was, like, repulsed by it. And I think that's the difference. And so I expect that he'll probably pardon Trump and I'm going to be viscerally infuriated by it. But here again, I'll take that over all of the disgusting things that have been happening up until now. So, but on a happier note, you know what makes me smile? <sighs> Terrible. This episode of Analog is brought to you by PDF Pen from our friends at Smile. If you're searching for a powerful PDF editing tool for your Mac, iPad, or iPhone, look no further than PDF Pen. Whether you're on the road or at your desk, need advanced editing features, or just want to sign an email back contract, PDF Pen has you covered. It is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Macintosh. 
and now includes even more powerful features like page label support in multiple formats for documents, and Pro users can go a step further with the ability to add or edit page labels now too. These features are in addition to the great features available in PDF Pen 12 that include a magnifier window to zoom in on a document, customizable compression settings, and stationery with new paper colors for custom page designs. And you can check out the Smile blog for articles on how to take notes on an iPad using PDF Pen and the safety of PDF Pen editors. I have been using PDF Pen for years. I've used it twice today to sign contracts. It is an indispensable part of my toolkit when it comes to getting work done. PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, and PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone all work together for seamless editing across devices when used with Dropbox or iCloud. You can learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. That's smilesoftware.com slash podcast. Our thanks to PDF Pen from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is depressing, maybe not, but hopefully it, it'll be quick if it's sad. Um, my very limited understanding, because I've been a little preoccupied over the last week, is that things are taking a turn um, in Britain. And you were talking about this earlier, that that the UK is going under some sort of different lockdown or something like that. Can you explain to me kind of quickly what's going on? And the reason I bring all this up <sighs> is in part because I want to know, like, what is the what is the implication on Mega Studio and, you know, what what's going on there? So you're doing that thing that is so frustrating. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> because I am here and talking to you about this is how I'm looking at American politics and and all that kind of stuff. And you don't even know that we have been in lockdown since last Thursday. Oh, is it? Th okay. Yeah, I think I did know that now that you say it. But yeah, I take your point. I take your point. I've been preoccupied, Mike. I'm sorry. You're right, well, though. You're right, though. Right? Oh, you're right. <laughs> so nevertheless, yes, uh, we have been back in lockdown in England um, since Thursday. It is a modified lockdown compared to the last one. Um, but it, we are back in... Uh, nationwide lockdown it's a little bit more relaxed in some areas than the last time um i would say that it is because the country has had a bit of practice uh it is more easy to understand what we are allowed to do and not to do um in my opinion at least what i have read from the government makes sense but then the implementations of a lot of these things uh, is can leave a, can leave a little to be desired in places, but um, I didn't want to go uh, back into lockdown personally, but <laughs> it seemed like it was the only way that was going to actually try and make uh, a bit of a difference. Uh, it's a month, um, there or thereabouts, so we come out of lockdown. I think it's on like. December 2nd or something, uh, December 2nd, December 3rd, um, and will be reviewed at that point as to what what the government wants to do um, and what the measures are going to be. Uh, the key things this time is like, again, stay at home if you can. Uh, all non-essential retail is closed. Restaurants are closed. Uh, gyms are closed. Uh, you're allowed outside for exercise. And again, a couple of things that are now 
have been clearer is that you can uh, be outside with one other person from a different household <laughs> and you can form support bubbles with uh, single household, uh, single member households. So like, for example, us with my mum. Mm -hmm. My mum is on her own. Mm -hmm. And during the first lockdown, we just didn't see her for a long time. Um, but now we are able to see her. Um, and so, yeah, there's, and also schools, universities, they're all remaining open. That seems odd, but okay. Um, <sighs> the school thing is really difficult depending on who you listen to. Uh, it makes varying sense. Uh, I understand the argument in favor and I understand the argument against. Like mm. the argument in favor is children not being able to school go to school does long-term lasting damage to them, which I completely understand. Uh, and, you know, just having family members who have children and friends who have children, you know, there are, there are peculiar behaviors. Um, that some kids are going through right now. Like there are, I think, long-term effects mm -hmm. of being unable to socialize and stuff like that, right? I think it's it's difficult. Uh, so that's the, the, the part the government has decided to take. My kind of view on it is like, I personally feel like keep the schools open, close all the bars and restaurants, see if that get if that kicks things back into a better place. Yeah. yeah if yeah. it does, yeah, the adults can sacrifice something. Yep. Right? That's that's my feeling on it. You know, I am happy to be proven wrong on that if that's the way it goes. But I think if you're gonna try and keep something open, the schools are the are the ones is the thing to keep open if you can do it safely. Yeah. I completely because agree that is beneficial to everyone. It's beneficial to children. It's beneficial to parents. Um, so if you're going to, if you're going to keep something open, that makes more sense to me. Um, I think really we're doing this now. Uh, so we can try and have Christmas. I think that's the thinking. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm not looking forward to our Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, it's going to be, I, I suspect that things are going to take a really bad turn after both of those holidays. And if you're not keeping up there, we're already in the midst of a terrible, terrible turn today. So yeah, this is going to be gross, but, um, I mean, but like, look, we were getting like north of like 30, 40,000 cases a day, right? That's yeah. why we're back in lockdown. Yep. It was getting real bad, Yeah, you know, and we're still in the 20 thousands ish, I think. But like, there's the reason that we went in is like, oh, this is, this is not good. So we're back in lockdown again. Uh, uh, for me personally, there are some changes this time. So you mentioned about Mega Studio, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, actually, to, to just to to rephrase what I was saying, we were getting to like high twenties, I think. I don't think we got to like fifty thousand. I don't know. I I try to not look at the numbers. Yep. Because I can't really do anything about them. Nope. Uh, like the, the the relative number itself, like I can't really do anything about that. Like I'm looking at the numbers now. Throughout October, we were kind of on average around 20,000 cases a day, um, which is, you know, that's way too many. And so I'm pleased that we're doing something. 
because the last time we did this, it did make an effect, big effect. You know, we got down into the hundreds a day, mm -hmm. which is obviously much better. Um, I mean, of course, testing has changed since that time in the fact that we do test more now. So we have a much better, much more accurate picture of the pandemic than we did back in March, right? Because, you know, like I, I believe it to be true that there were more people infected in March on a daily basis than we have now on a daily basis because we weren't doing anything. Right. Right. Like when it started, you know, like I've seen some like some some quite seemingly smart people say that like it was like double digits percentages in London of people that would have had coronavirus. But we just didn't know, which is a very weird thing to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, So the for me personally, the changes are that my studio, so my mega studio, my office, it, it is inside of a large building which is owned by a company that provides these spaces to people, right? Mm -hmm. And they completely closed the place down um, last time. They haven't this time. Um, they've put a lot of measures in place. They're recommending that people don't come in, but they're keeping it open that you can. So I am at home now. Um, which I wouldn't have been. I would have been. I would have been at the studio now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm thinking I'm probably going to go to my studio once or twice a week to do the things that I can only do there, and everything else I'm going to be doing from home for the next month. I think that makes sense. And you can get there safely, be that you know Uber or public transport or whatever the case may you can be. Get up by public transport and. The trains have always have been relatively empty the entire time. I've been able to stay a couple of meters apart from people on the trains for the, the entire pandemic. Oh, good, good. Plus, the train journey that I take is I'm on the train itself for like less than 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the rest is just walking through streets, which isn't that bad. And then when I'm in the studio, I'm back in the studio again. And the only time I ever come into contact with anyone is if I go to the local cafe to order a coffee. So, mm -hmm. you know, like there isn't, I'm, I'm as locked down there as I am here. Really. I've just got to get there. Right. There's right. nobody around me. Right. Like I have a closed office. Right. So really like it's, it's a combination of things when I'm there. And it's, I really, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out for my own mental health because I have come to value and enjoy that studio space so much that it was pretty bad for me to to have to think about doing this again. Everyone's dealing with their own stuff. I'm not saying my stuff is any different to anybody else's, but I'm telling you my stuff. And it was difficult for me. So, you know, that's why I'm making sure to go there uh, a little bit and safely. And wasn't the studio like in the beginning stages of being set up when the world ended? And now it's pretty much at the end stages of being set up, isn't it? So now it's it's even more disheartening for you not to be there because it's ready. It's waiting and it's sitting there. Yeah. I mean, it's working. I, I do everything there. Right. Exactly. So I can totally understand why it would be even worse in a lot of ways. Yeah, because now it's it's been it's fully operational. It's like the Death Star, <laughs> right? Like I'm in there and I'm getting it. Ha I'm making it happen from that place, you know. So you know you're in the room where it happens. Oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, and, and so it's it's been you know I haven't recorded a show from home for a couple of months. I think like 
I never took anything away from here, so I haven't had to do a ferrying backwards and forwards of, of gear. Mm-hmm. I kept my home set up and kept my studio set up. Right, right. Um, but so, you know, I, it hasn't been a problem, but the problem has just been a mental one. I hear you. Yeah. And it stinks. And I'm sorry to hear that that's what's going on. Meanwhile, America is on a hockey stick in the bad way and not really doing much about it, which is the American way these days. Um, meanwhile, as we're in the midst of this hockey stick and as, and as I record this, literally during the recording, I got an email from Declan's principal saying that there was an, there was a case, um, a COVID case at his school. Um, if you recall, Declan is doing school at home. And since we last spoke, uh, we have been asked to tell um, the school district how we would like him to spend the entire rest of the year, which is a little bit of a so bummer. Big, like, can you change your mind nope. at any point? Nope. Or is he like to put him in prison up there or well, whatever? I mean, like, I, you can go to your school's principal and work with them if there are extenuating circumstances, but the short, short version is... That doesn't is, make any sense to me. Why can't you just choose as the parent? If you say, like, no, I don't want to do it anymore, what's the school principal got to say about it? So, I agree with you, but to to defend the school system a little bit, they're having to to try to figure out a way to get everyone in these buildings, keep them far enough apart, keep the teachers there and healthy for those that are mm. willing to come in and teach, and do all that. And they're having to, like, rejigger classrooms, they're having to rejigger okay, school assignments. Okay. And so if we're just willy-nilly, and that's not what you're saying, but just, you know, to take this to the nth degree, if we're just willy-nilly saying, you know what, we're going to do December home, January in. Well, and there would be people that would be very, maybe very reactive. Right. You know, like, oh, he's good this week, bad this week, good this week. Exactly. This so week. I do understand it, but it's very frustrating because, you know, the school district had the luxury, quote-unquote, of deciding to do just the first uh semester the first nine weeks virtual and then reevaluate and i don't know if we've spoken since that vote happened but suffice to say um the my local school district voted in favor of bringing the kids back and so on the 30th of november if you would like you can send kids declan's age back into schools now let me remind you the 30th of november is immediately after thanksgiving break and I will give you one guess what every single American is going to be doing over Thanksgiving, and that's seeing family. Now, some, like us, we have already started quarantining and doing what we need to to make sure we're safe to see one or to see literally two other people, my parents. That's it. But most people are probably going to be having great big get togethers. And then immediately three days after that, well, what is it, Thursday? So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, four days later, then all of these kids are going to be coming back to school and just hoping for the best. And as I record this, Declan School had a COVID case in this past week. Mm. So I'm very frustrated. We're, we're very lucky that we are given the option to keep him home, which is what we've selected. But it just stinks that this is now going to be his entire, uh, I almost said freshman, his entire kindergarten year is going to be at home. And that sucks. Like, it just sucks. And I feel so bad for him. And I wish it was different. but. More than anything else, I am just so thankful for his teacher. Um, his teacher has gone above and beyond. And this is a woman who is not in the beginning of her career. You know, she's been teaching something like 25 years. And she has every justification and reason to be like, well, I'm set in my ways. I don't really want to put in 15-hour days every day in order to make this work. So 
oh, well. And I mean, like, that wouldn't be the right thing to do, but I would have understood it. And she has been breaking her back trying to get the best darn experience for these kids. And I think it shows. And we are so lucky that that that, that is the team. And it's not just his, it's not only his like main teacher, but you know, the 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 librarian, the music teacher, the PE teacher, like all these teachers have been going above and beyond trying to do the best they can to give these kids a decent school year. And we're so incredibly lucky for that. And we're so lucky that And are you talking about Virtual learning. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And and we're so lucky that we can still do that. We can, we're we so lucky that both Aaron and I are home, that we don't have to send him to like a YMCA or a daycare and just sit him in front of a computer there where he doesn't really oh, have a lot of help. Is that what's happening? For some kids, yeah. And so in I that guess sense- it's got it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have two working parents, what are you going to do? And it sucks. Mm-hmm. God, it sucks so bad. And it it it's, it's a no-win scenario for the school districts. It really is. And- I don't envy them having to make this choice, but Aaron and I were furious and devastated when of the five people on the school board, only one person voted to keep the kids home. Now, as it turns out, that that person is our representative, and she very vehemently said, no, I don't want them to go back, but she got overruled, and so uh, in they go, and I'm very, very scared and very, very worried, and in a way, I'm almost worried, like, what if there is no problem? You know, that's almost, it's not worse, but it's almost bad in its own right. Like, what if we've kept him from a decent year. What if it turns out that these kids really don't transmit to each other? The adults don't transmit to the kids. Kids don't transmit to the adults and everything's hunky dory. Then, well, we've kind of screwed Declan. Like we did it for the right reasons because we just wanted him to be safe, but it's, it's tough and it stinks. So yeah, great. Happy ending to the episode. Good thing. We have more to talk about. You know what else makes me happy? Actually. (laughs) Why don't you tell me? ExpressVPN makes me very happy. (laughs) Uh, have you ever wondered why internet access is so much cheaper these days? It's because, look, some internet service providers, they are also making money from using your internet activity, selling history. They can do this. This is the thing that they have available to them. So the best way to make sure that 100% of your data is encrypted and that your internet provider can't get a hold of it is ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN creates a secure tunnel between all of your devices and the internet so that everything you do is encrypted. It reroutes your connection through a secure server that blocks your internet provider from seeing everything that you're doing online. All they see is that you're connected to an ExpressVPN server, but nothing beyond that. And it's not just for your phone or computer. ExpressVPN works on all your devices. It works on your tablets, your smart TVs, even your router, so your entire family can always stay protected. I cannot stress this enough. ExpressVPN is super simple to use. You just open up the app, tap one button to connect, and that is it. I've had this experience all the time when I use ExpressVPN that is so easy. You know, like I sometimes will turn it on for a specific reason and mean to say like, oh, okay, like uh, I'm, I'm good, like I don't need it on right now. And I forget that it's on because everything runs so fast and so smoothly. It really is a fantastic experience. Your data is your business. You can protect it at expressvpn.com slash analog. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog to get three extra months of ExpressVPN protection for free. That is expressvpn.com slash analog right now to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Mike, I noticed when I think it was the Cortex episode where you you and Gray were discussing your rejiggered home screens for iOS 14 and widgets and whatnot. And I noticed and maybe we've talked about this, maybe talked about this elsewhere and I just don't remember. But I noticed that you had t- uh, Twitter and not Tweetbot in your doc, which is fine. That's totally reasonable. And I 
actually, I uh, don't tell Mike this, but I've actually been using the official Twitter client more recently for a couple of reasons. But uh, I was curious to hear why you are using the official Twitter app apparently exclusively or predominantly. Like what's going on there? Well, this started a long time ago. Like I could probably pull a Casey on you here and be like, you know, we we spent multiple <laughs> episodes of Connected talking about okay, this okay. like some time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was some time ago. So, okay. you know, uh, we all change our minds on stuff all the time. So, it, you know, it could just be a case of like, you knew I did it, but why did I stick to it? Mm-hmm. So the reason that I changed initially was there was f- quite a few things going on. Like one was that Twitter was like really clamping down on the API and what it could do. So, you know, like things like automatic refreshing of tweets went away. Mm -hmm. Like there was a bunch of stuff that became trickier, like DMs took a long time to come through. And it seemed to me then that the writing was on the wall about the API and it was like, all right, time to move. And it seems like there have been reports in the last few months that there is some kind of new version of the API, which adds in not just those features back again, but features that didn't exist before yep, yep, in yep. the API. Which uh, So I'm I'm keen to see if and when those things get implemented into applications that um, I've used. And then I will say, like, this also went in with a bunch of other things that, like, one, I wanted to just, as well as I wanted to just be able to get the full Twitter experience, right, which is not a thing you can get in a third-party app, as I mentioned. Right. And really, like, one, I wanted to stop reading every tweet because <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. Yep. And I have entrusted myself to the Twitter algorithm, which I would say, by and large, does a good job of showing me what I want to see, which I would say, you know, I ooh, maybe I'm saying a bad thing here. Uh, most algorithms in technology do a really good job of showing me what I want to see. It's the same for the Instagram algorithm. Um, what can I say? They're doing the thing that it's supposed to do. And that was nice because then I didn't have to spend as much time on Twitter anymore, like just to catch up. Like I could just dip in when I wanted to and I would see what I would want to see. And then the other thing, this is maybe a bit of a weirder point, but like it was kind of just like, look, every other application that I use, I use the application made by the company that makes it, right? Mm-hmm. Makes a service. Because that's how it's done these days. Why don't I just use the Twitter app to, to look at Twitter? Like I don't try and use some third-party Instagram app, right? Like if such a thing even existed. Like I'm just going to use the Twitter app for Twitter and um, I'm kind of like it works fine for me it always has the features right like look and I'm leaving the door open like if they actually really create a fully featured API again then it would be nice to maybe poke around with some applications and plus just like you know I was using Tweetbot and they were making design decisions that I didn't like anymore and then none of the other Twitter apps really felt like the one that I wanted to use Mm -hmm. and the Twitter app looks nice enough it has all of the features it's fast it's responsive yeah there are definitely some things about the Twitter app that are well done there's a lot I don't like but there's a lot I do like and you know it's funny because one of the things that I love the most about the Twitter app which I don't think is possible in other um in other Twitter clients 
is, and let me do this live so we'll stall for time. Uh, when I go to compose a new tweet, and I don't know if this is just for verified users or for everyone, but when I go to compose a new tweet, you know, it shows the prompt of what's happening. And at the bottom, there's a, there's a link or a button, I guess, and it says everyone can reply. Have you messed with this at all? I I haven't, but I don't think it's just a verified thing. I think it's a thing that everybody has. But it, it took a long time to roll out for me, so I, I didn't get it for ages. So by that point, the excitement of that feature wore off. I've never, I don't think I've ever used it, but but I see it being used prevalent, like by a lot of people. Well, so here's the thing: if you have an audience of more than a couple of people, and if you tweet something that maybe other people will disagree with. Like, I don't know, maybe in early November, maybe with regard to politics, who knows? Um, what you can do is you can tap this little button that says everyone can reply and you can change it to one of these options. You can change it to people you follow or people you mention. And so mm -hmm. the idea here, if it seems, is that you can say, well, you know, I'm willing to have this conversation with everyone, you know, and I'll, t I'll accept drive-bys and whatnot, and that's fine. You can take, you can take, uh, you can change it so that um, it's only the people you follow who presumably you have vetted in some way, shape, or form as being worth your time. Or you can change it to only the people that are literally mentioned in that tweet and everyone else, tough nuggies. Now, certainly they can stay, anyone can still, you know, tweet at you. They could quote tweet your, your tweet and, you know, direct that at you. So there's ways to reply, but it's a pretty nice way to say, mm, no, thanks. I'm good here. I'm going to give you a little life hack that I've been employing. Yes, please. When I think about using that feature, I, I don't tweet. <laughs> well, see, that's because you're an intelligent, mature human being. <laughs> I am neither intelligent nor mature. If so. I'm going to say something and I'm not inviting any debate to it, but think I'm going to get debate, maybe I don't tweet it or I'm like, no, let's stand by this thing. I... I agree with you. I'm not saying I'll never use this feature, but that has been my feeling to it so far, is every time I have thought about using it, I have actually decided to just not tweet the thing that I'm going to say. Yeah, and I agree with you. And I think that ultimately, you're, you're as much as I'm joking and snarking, I think that is the more mature approach. For better and for worse, usually for worse, there's sometimes I just need to let something out of my system some way, somehow. And I, I you know what I do? I text my friends. <laughs> Genuinely. Yeah. Like there are so many times these days where I'm writing out it, and a lot of the time they're just like opinions on technology things, right? And I'm just like, this is best served in one of two other places. Place A, podcast. Place B, text message. Yeah. And I you know, like it's just not really that. I just for for a lot of the stuff that I would that I would have tweeted in the past, I tend to find these days that like it is really just better for me to put this stuff into other places. Um, oh, another place which is being mentioned in the Discord is Discord. That when I talk about texting, I kind of mean that too. Yeah. Of like that is a place where I will put it into a more constrained place where it's not just out there for the world to see and like so like, you know like an interesting example for me the other day was um i tweeted the uh the apple invite for the event today mm -hmm. and i mean my timeline went bananas because it actually ended up getting to the top of r slash apple oh <laughs> the, the subreddit yeah, yeah yeah so like my my uh mentions were useless for 
the best part of 12 hours because it was just lots of quote tweets, a lot of them in uh, other languages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, that kind of stuff is like whatever, but I, I don't, it's like when I mentioned earlier about being America file, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wrote that tweet out and I was like, this doesn't serve anyone. It's, you know, it mostly is just going to frustrate people and, or I'm going to have to have these d- discussions and I couldn't be bothered. And so, like, I think what I ended up tweeting instead was just the word hope and just left it at that. And that was fine. I did what I wanted, you know. But, like, a lot of the time these days, I will write things out. And and then I think about, like, I think I heard Merlin say this once. And she's like, am I, re- am I ready to devote the rest of my afternoon to this opinion? Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. A lot of the time, the answer is no. It's not always no. But a lot of the time, the answer is no. Yep. And again, that's the more mature approach that I should be taking, but I'm not. And so for those times when I just want to poke the bear, I guess is what it really boils down to. Uh, I like having that ability to say only people that follow or really nobody at all. Um, so it is nice. But nevertheless, I was just curious why you were using Twitter. And again, I'm finding myself using it a little bit more over time, in part because even though there is a lot of good about the app, like I, I don't. I both like and dislike the way they handle like drilling into details about tweets because then it, especially in conversations, because it's somewhat ambiguous to my brain, like when you're drilled in on a specific tweet or when you're drilled in on a tweet within the context of conversation. But, but visually the way they make it look is really good and really impressive. I really have come to like the fact that they show replies with the tweet that's being replied to in line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know like a lot of the, like um, the API diehards, don't like this because it is visually very different and it took a while but it's nice to not have to be like oh what is this thing in reply to let me swipe the tweet and scroll and like it's like no you just see it all in line and i actually have come to really like that because the context is just there and it's available to me yeah and that i think it works yep yep and so there's a lot of this app that's that's really worth liking but there's a lot of stuff i don't like about it and a lot of stuff that just doesn't work the way i expect and so i find that it's a pretty good way for me to like dip into twitter for for a minute or two see what's going on and then just move on move on with my life whereas i'm more apt to spend more time on twitter if i'm using an app that i really truly love like tweetbot so I don't know, I was just curious. Is that good? Is that good? Of, I think it's bad, right? Well, there's that. But <laughs> to spend more time on it? Yeah. That, that, that is, is that what you want to do? I mean, you can if you want to. I'm not telling you you can't. Uh, yeah, I'm I just mean, asking. It's, it's always a give and take with Twitter and me. Like, there's things that I really value from Twitter and I really do think are better. I mean, like, last Saturday... It was amazing, right? I saw people saying like the, the, the phrase like joy scrolling and hope scrolling yeah, 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 instead yeah, yeah, of doom yep, scrolling. Yep. It was fantastic. Just tweet after tweet of everyone in my timeline being happy. You know, there were a bunch of people that were still trying to be like downers. Uh, but by and large, it was like just a lot of people enjoying the moment, right? And like being happy about what was going on. I was seeing lots of like images and videos of people partying. It was like, yeah, this is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And that was like a very nice and weird feeling for Twitter for like as it hasn't been in a long time. Um, but it was it was really it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was like, you know, 
the better parts of Twitter all coming together. But I don't uh-huh. know. I, I don't think we need to get into another argument or not even argument, no, another discussion about how unhealthy my Twitter usage is. I think Screw it's been, you, man. Yeah, exactly. There's Twitter right there. Um, but, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, I just was curious why you were, uh, why you're on the main app and, and that's, that's, that is very interesting. 